Water. Earth. Fire. Air. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days. A time of peace, when the Avatar kept balance between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar mastered all four elements. Only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years have passed, and the Fire Nation is nearing victory in the war. Two years ago, my father and the men of my tribe journeyed to the Earth Kingdom to help fight against the Fire Nation, leaving me and my brother to look after our tribe. Some people believe that the Avatar was never reborn into the Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken, but I haven't lost hope. I still believe that somehow, the Avatar will return to save the world. Hey, it's starting to the party. He's built Mudrin on Danny Ruth, though not much Pulsebear speaking to you. This is the first time around. We also go chronologically through the Disney thing, but we're not doing the Disney thing. Although I'm sure eventually Disney will buy this property and they'll, <laughs> you know, own everything as they're working towards it. But we're going to be talking about, for however long it takes us to get through it, the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender show. Because uh, oh. I've never seen it. Bill Wait, loves it. are you talking about Disney buying <laughs> our podcast or buying Avatar The Last Airbender? Why not both? Because <laughs> I was for a moment, I was like, well, if that means we both get to be played by Loki, if we become a canonical part of the <laughs> MCU, I could deal with that. He plays both of yeah! us? Yeah! I mean, that's the whole gimmick of the show, so. Well, technically, oh, okay. because even Loki is afraid of showing two boys kissing. Even if we're both played by Loki, one of us still has to be a blonde-haired girl, even though we're supposed to be the mm. same character. But, um, yeah, we are... In order to keep the podcast from immediately dying, because we both officially ran out of things <laughs> to talk about, uh, I am converting my half of the podcast to uh, exploring all of the original Avatar The Last Airbender cartoon TV show. Um, and so I guess this that means from this point forward we'll be more or less consistently jumping back and forth between Disney through the decades and Avatar stuff with... We can still be sometimes, occasionally, be like, "Oh, let's talk about Top Gun instead this week." We could still, we could still go back and do. Actually, I found a new thing this week where I was like, "Actually, if we uh, if we weren't starting the Avatar stuff this week, uh, have you ever heard a movie a movie called Hell's a Poppin'?" <laughs> no. It's an old 1940s movie that I've heard things about. It's supposed to be like the super meta, like comedy where they like like break the fourth wall throughout the whole movie and stuff like that. And I finally found a copy of it this week. I don't know if it's any good because mm. I haven't watched it yet. But that's one of the things on my list that I had been talking about that I couldn't find until just now. And I was like, oh, well, so the little things like that. So. I can't believe you weren't able to find something called Hell's exactly. a Pop. <laughs> yeah, one person was was seeding it this week on the torrent site, so I yeah, pulled it down, but. Um, yeah, that's one of those things that I don't even think it. I don't know if it's even on DVD. It may have just one of those movies that never made the jump to VHS, so it's almost impossible to find. Hey, whatever. We're talking about. Okay. The only reason. We started talking about this right before we started recording, and I was like, we should start recording because it's a podcast conversation talk. You, right before we started recording, you started talking about how you'd never seen Avatar The Last Airbender. I want to know your history with Avatar The Last Airbender, even though I guess it's nothing. What is it? Yeah, pretty much nothing. I mean, I heard. I, I, 
I remember you talking about it on Boy Howdy back in the day, okay, but I think yeah. that was more Cora. Yeah, that's the thing. Cause, talk about it, but yeah. I retained none of that information because it was just background noise. Exactly. Um, um, I know the animated gif of the kid foaming at the mouth. Um, oh, which is, I didn't realize that scene's actually within our group of episodes that we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, so, oh, uh, I'm glad. You I'm I sorry. know it's yeah. beloved. And yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. That's the thing. I don't know if it's going to live up to its reputation for being so beloved because it wasn't, especially with so many cartoons uh, having been influenced by Avatar coming in its wake, that I don't know if the original can hold up that well. Uh, but I guess we'll find. I've not rewatched it since it was first airing. So it'll be interesting to see how well it not holds up. Not even when you me. did the map? Uh, yeah, I. Well, that was more like just like sketching through to see where everyone went to. That's the other thing. Mm. Um, I was actually <laughs> this one. of the, So <laughs> I've made a living in the last decade doing these pop culture maps, uh, mostly maps of old video games like Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers and stuff like that. But one of the things yeah. I did create was a map of the world of Avatar that actually tracks the movement of all the characters throughout the entire series. And I was actually maybe next week I'll, I'll grab it. I was going to bring it out this week just to kind of show where the characters go but i need to go back and edit it because the version of the map i put out shows everything that all the characters do throughout the entire series which is inherently a one giant spoiler and so i need mm -hmm. to pull out that map and maybe as we go along uh through every episode uh, uh, every block of episodes i can be like I can reveal more about like okay, the like as we're tracking through the episodes, we can track on the map like okay, these characters went here, this kind of characters went there, because they do go all mm -hmm. over this world throughout the three seasons of this TV show. Um, but yeah, I was gonna do that last night, but then I was like, oh, that might be a spoiler, but I didn't have time to like go back and edit it so I could edit out all the future mm -hmm. stuff. But maybe next week. That sounds like work, man. That's the. Th <laughs> it was Saturday night. And I was tired, I was like, I can do that now, or maybe I'll just do that next week when I can find some free time. But I was like, I, I had a long week, and I just don't feel like, I don't I don't want to do anything with a podcast that feels like work, so, yes. Exactly. So instead I watched The Jungle Cruise, and I wasted my time. I would have been better off editing the map. <laughs> um, Yay! Yeah, so. But, yeah, yeah, I, you know, actually one nice thing, too, if I do the uh, map stuff as we go through the uh, episodes... That could be also mm -hmm. just podcast art, so it'd be the one less thing you have to worry about when uploading these episodes. So yeah. I might even save you a little yeah. bit of time, but yeah. So is the is the root all all in one layer? No, it's all. In, I made sure everything's on separate layers. Uh, no, no. I mean, like, like, did you like? Is the it would the root be easy to take off? No, that's what I'm saying. The map. Well, that's the thing, because then you have multiple characters kind of split off at certain points and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And so, and also, I made sure. There are separate layers for the move movements of different characters throughout each season. So there's like a season mm. one layer of tracking stuff, and then there's a season two of like these characters. Go so I made it as modular as possible. So actually, it's not going to be that oh, difficult okay. to edit. So, but it's just a matter. Of, I just didn't feel like firing up Photoshop. You know, it's one of those things where I was like, "That's fair," yeah, because I I spent all week in front of the the Cintiq, and I was like, and again, I, I didn't have this idea until like. 9 o'clock last night, as I was in the middle of watching the episodes, and I was like, I just want to have fun watching the TV show this week. Maybe next week, I'll crack open up. But, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and we're st we still haven't sat down to talk about what the future of 
us covering these episodes is going to be like whether or not we're going to be doing like two episodes per week or four. Um, I would go for four. Four, I mean four. Or not four. Sorry, sorry, two. two? Okay, yeah. Not four. Okay, I like I said even before four in the four is not the worst because each episode is only twenty minutes long, so that would still be a little shorter yeah. than a ninety minute movie. Also, two is two is fine. We'll we'll talk about that stuff, but yeah. Um, and but this week we are talking about four episodes, which. Uh, mm-hmm. If I were a professional, I would have looked up the name of. But no, it's uh, it's Chad, the, the pilot called Boy in the Iceberg. Yeah, the Avatar Returns, the Southern Air Temple, and Warriors of Kyoshi. Oh, okay. And so yeah, so, so wait, 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 wait. What's your history with Avatar? My history of Avatar is I watched the show. <laughs> That's it. Well, oh, I want okay. more history. So what did you? Uh, I I interrupted you talking about your history of the show. You you just said you had never. I don't seen have it. any. <laughs> like you didn't know anyone who was it's into like, it other than interrupt. me talking, me and Annie talking about. No, our I've mentioned it to people in the past how I hadn't seen it, and they're like, "Oh, you gotta well, watch." What do you it. know about the show? Like, do you know anything I, the, about? The, like... There's pe- there, there's bending of elements. They left off heart for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, is that a Captain Planet thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So you don't know anything about like wh- who like which characters like and anyone lives or dies or ends up with who or anything like no. that. No, because no. like there was a sequel series, Legend of Korra too, which mm-hmm. if you knew anything about that show, it would become immediately obvious. Like okay, these characters lived. I actually stuff. watched some of Legend of Korra. Yeah. I tried to watch along with you guys when you were watching Oh Boy Howdy. I was like, ah, I don't. Yeah. So I remember. A bup kiss about that Legend show. Legend of Korra, again, I haven't seen Legend of Korra since that first aired too, but Legend of Korra, I, I hate, the, I don't want to slag on it too much, but even people who love mm-hmm. Avatar, a lot of people have a hard time dealing with Legend of Korra, just because, yeah, just, not even like there's any big story choices they made, which that's, also, people also do have issues with that stuff, but also, yeah, something about from even moment to moment, episode to episode stuff, Legend of Korra, just is not quite as, and then, and then also, then again, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm comparing it to feel, that. Well, I feel actor, like maybe... just watching. Yeah, go ahead. Just watching the first four episodes of this for the first time, and then my memories of what level I remember from Korra is that it doesn't. Uh, Korra is a um, not as lighthearted and happy go lucky as Avatar yeah. was. Although like, Avatar, Korra, Korra, you don't want it. I don't. I you don't. I don't expect it to be the same yeah. thing. But Aang is like. <laughs> Very different than Korra. That's one of the big things. Korra is like this big, surly, meat-eating lady who's always just angry at everyone all the time. Whereas Aang is just like, hey, let's go do this! I mean, Aang, yeah. Aang, Aang does become a deeper character throughout the, the, the series. But yeah, and that's one of the things yeah. that like... It's, it, yeah. it is nice that the, the characters are already growing in the first four episodes. Because if, if I had just watched the first two episodes, I would be like, I would have been like, you know, by myself. I would have been like, I don't know how much I could take this brother character because he sucks ass. That's why I wanted to get to the fourth episode because it's not like a huge character growth, but at least you can see that like no. he, he's capable of not just always being like... And, it, and it's funny because after Kyoshi Island, he's never quite the same... Even like They, they kind of make him a little bit mis- misogynist in these first couple episodes, but like even in these four, first four episodes, these characters are a little flat compared to, like, even... Yeah. Th- th- this is the most 12-year-old kind of goofiest that you ever get to see these characters on the show in these first four episodes. And, I mean, that's the yeah. thing, too. I mean, this show was made for 12-year-olds. 
So you don't want to hold yeah. it to too so, high standards. So how did you come across it? Though? Oh, I saw some Katara artwork with her feet. I'm really into 12-year-old girls' oh, feet. Oh, yeah. The, mm. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. Actually, there's a whole thing I could say about feet, but another character later on the show. No, I can't. You know what? I honestly can't even remember how yeah. I uh, found out about Avatar. Well, it was a thing just because I'm into animation. I'm sure people were talking about the internet. I honestly can't remember because um when i first moved to portland in 2004 which is a, i think when the show started airing i was totally not yeah, paying attention to anything it started the... in february 2005 is that... oh really shit okay uh but some and it, oh, i guess it only aired for three years but by the time it had aired i did somehow it must have been the the series must have started coming out on netflix because i didn't have access to cable or anything like that i must have been just hearing other people rave about the show and I decided to check it out, and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty fun. And I got in started getting invested, just one of those things where, like, I was like, oh, man. And then I think my housemates got cable for a little while, and so that let me start watching mm. the show as it aired to the point that I was able to invite people over here to watch mm. this the, the, the whole series finale live the day it aired. Because I do remember, hmm. like, I must have caught up, like, maybe six months before this, the whole show ended. And so I remember having people over, and we, not getting drunk, but we had drinks, and we had, like, Avatar-themed food and stuff like that in order to watch the... And, and it's, it's it's really, it's it's, it's nice, too, because the, the series premieres essentially a two-hour-long movie. It's four episodes put together. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was turned out to be a really good ending. And, we like, it's one of the most satisfying endings. I, th that's one of the things, too, because, like, I, I don't want to oversell it too much. Because, again, that's one of those things where, like, Avatar is one of those things that's best if you just kind of take it on your own speed without someone trying to lick your butthole about how great it is. <laughs> But it did have one of the more satisfying endings of a TV show that I've mm -hmm. seen. So I don't know. Maybe you'll get to that and you'll be like, oh, what the fuck is this? So I don't want to oversell it. Like, it's the most epic, awesome ending ever. But, like, it was good. Though. I mean, I, my expectations are kind of, they're not low, that's, but they're measured because it's a show for kids. It's a show for so. kids. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that kind of messed up with The Legend of Korra a little bit by specifically kind of, like, talking about how it was being aimed more towards older people, even though it was still, still airing on Nickelodeon. And ostensibly made for kids, but like, <laughs> even though they were kind of going for a ma more mature uh, group of people watching it, like it's it almost seemed like the writing got worse and more childish at the same time. Not not to say mm. the writing in the original Avatar show is like super adult and sophisticated, but like it was a little more simplistic in the Legend of Korra. Like that, like, I, it's, well, I mean, maybe we'll talk about Legend of Korra someday. I don't know, who knows? But but yeah, no, uh, Avatar: Last Airbender, just a. Uh, just a, it, it's just a cute cartoon and with pretty good characters and the plotting is actually pretty good that's kind of in good world building and mm -hmm. yeah so i don't want to talk about too much because i don't want to spoil too i don't want to like i want you to be able to develop your own opinion about this stuff and i don't want to tell you too mm -hmm. much about like the world or history unless you have questions about stuff i'll, I'll gladly answer questions but well how much am i gonna have like learn from watching the show via like having to get some supplemented material you really don't need but... that much in fact actually okay. one of the things in, in, in anticipating if you might ask about like where if they ever explain where bending came from or how bending works in the show um there is a there's um, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead no you had a question no no you finish but no, there's a little ahead. bit where they kind of explain that in the legend of korra tv show a little bit there's a flashback to the first avatar 
And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot they kind of explained the genesis of all this stuff in The Legend of Korra in like a two-part episode. I re went back and rewatched that last night, and I was like, this is so confusingly written. This doesn't add... <laughs> I, a, I forgot about all the information presented in this flashback in The Legend of Korra. And B, I was like, no reason... I, I No wonder I forgot it all, because the way it's presented is kind of confusing and like... It didn't actually shine any light on, like, and not in any way that I could tell you, so, yeah, so, it's, it's... I don't yeah. need magical silliness, like, um, explained how it came to be, like... You could just take like, it on I didn't, value, I didn't yeah. need the Force explained in Star Wars, the midichlorians. That's, that, well, that's, it, that's... Sometimes magic can just be magic. That's the best thing about Star Wars, is they explain, Obi-Wan Kenobi in that first Star Wars movie is it explains the Force in just, like, literally just, like, a sentence and a half, where it's just an energy field generated by all living beings that, you know, it guides your actions, but you can guide it, too, and that's all you need to know. Really, every mm. other bit of explanation about the Force in those Star Wars movies is completely useless, because you got the fundamentals in it. And, really... The only thing you need to know about bending, you really kind of get in this first episode, where the only important part is 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 that it's not magic. It is just like it's it's a weird it's 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 a weird thing to hone in about and get fussy about because I mean it kind of functions like magic, but it's it's not like magic like in that bending is something that can be given or taken away easily or anything like that. It's not like there's nothing fueling. Bending. It's not like if someone destroys some magic crystal in the universe, suddenly everyone loses their bending or anything like that. It's just like this in inherent personal energy that is tied to these elements. It gets a little weird because as the show goes on, and you see kind of like who has bending and who doesn't, and stuff like that, and you're like, it does start to raise questions of like, okay, how many people in this world have bending versus don't? And stuff, and they never really address that stuff. And the and, uh, so there are questions that even me as an Avatar fan, I've never even seen the answers for. Where I'm a little bit like, but um, but yeah, it's 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 it is, yeah. Just the fact that bending is a magic is probably most important most important thing you could ever learn about this universe. And like, yeah, so mm -hmm. it's not like spells in Harry Potter or anything like that. There's not like, yeah, um, it's supposed to be a more organic like Eastern thing. And I'm actually kind of surprised Avatar hasn't been cancelled because this is a TV show created by a couple dopey white guys and it's totally fetishizing multiple Asian cultures and stuff but whatever. but they're doing it in respectful way, well that's right? they're being as respectful as I mean possible. I haven't gotten far enough in to say but, and they talked to but... like in fact actually part of the inspiration for this whole thing is like one of the guys he was he was training in martial arts now, and he's like, I'm I'm not trying to be a ninja warrior. I'm not, like, someone who's, like, super into it. Like, he's, like, practicing in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven with a couple of nunchucks. But, like, he does have, like, this Sifu martial arts guy who they end up hiring to be, like, the martial arts like, kind of advisor on Avatar. And they, they actually at least went out of their way to kind of talk to some Asian people about this stuff. I mean, for, which, mm -hmm. for 2021, that doesn't seem necessarily remarkable. But for, 20, for even 2004... Like, that's like, okay, I'm glad that they were... That, that's more than a lot of other dopey white guys would have done in, even in 2004, let's put it that way. So. And they were very conscious, like, because the difference... Um, bending factions in this world are all very specifically tied to kind of, like, analogs to real-world stuff. Because, like, obviously, like, the Water Tribe stuff is very kind of, like, Inuits... Native Americans and you know northern north north and south poles and stuff like that. <laughs> Boy, I hope they take their coats off at some point. Uh, they seem like they're gonna get overheated real uh, fast. Spoilers, but uh, 
Katara <laughs> shows a lot of skin by the time they get to some of the hotter climates by the end of the series. Enough that people are like, uh-oh. Dang. <laughs> yeah, so. No, but yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That, like I said, they end up traveling all over the world. They're just not in their stuffy goddamn coach the entire goddamn time. But yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know how you want to tackle this stuff. Did you well, uh, take blood 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 notes? No, I did not. Oh, okay. I didn't take any notes because I had a super busy week, oh, really? which is why I think you doing okay two episodes will work well. I'll, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think two episodes will work well because I'll have a Were, Is this something you think note. you... Because you, you, of the two of us, you're an actual family man with a child. Is this something you think you could watch with with your kid? Uh, he didn't... He saw me watch it and he didn't <laughs> seem interested. <laughs> That's what I was wondering, because, like, especially he's only three. He, and so he's going to be he, laser yeah, he's, focused he's on close. his... Yeah. He's close to four, but he doesn't, he won't be able to follow plot stuff. He's not going to be like, I can't wait to see what happens next episode. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, I sure hope Sokka becomes less of a dickhead by now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're still reading the same books every single night at bedtime, so, you know. Well, yeah, he's still, like, developing his personality. He's going to be really fixated on the same two or three things. And Mm -hmm. again, it's funny to think that, like, us saying, okay, well, now the show's targeted to 12 year olds now it looks like it is targeted to 12 year olds not three year olds so it's gonna be yeah it's, I don't know if like the well I was gonna say I don't know if the action and the colors and the flashy stuff would be that interesting but I also forgot like compared to all the HD shit that he's watching like <laughs> even on a presentational perspective the show's not gonna be that interesting because we're watching because this show was unfortunately created right before HD television started becoming a thing so everything mm-hmm. that we're seeing is like old standard definition 4 by 3 kind of like did you watch uh, this on netflix so yeah. we're watching the same version of the thing yeah it's kind of grungy looking but yeah uh i will start with saying uh was surprised with how sometimes this cartoon is really a cartoon <laughs> and sometimes it's not it like sometimes they're like hey put a couple of sound effects in there what this these four episodes Really mm-hmm. do the wah wah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it lines up pretty quickly after this, but like. Yeah, I didn't notice that much in the fourth episode, but the first couple of episodes, they're like, doop, doop, and I'm like, where did that some... come from? Um, yeah. <laughs> it gets it's, 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 yeah. Um, I didn't know. Oh. Or like when, when Aang's running around the, the fire boat and he goes into the uncle's room and he like backs away and his mouth stays there yeah. that's <laughs> just his mouth that is one thing consistently though i'm not complaining about it it's just you weird how sometimes it's a cartoon and sometimes it's the, the show gets less less like needing cartoon sound effects and a big want want sound whenever anything silly mm-hmm. happens but the show is pretty consistent all the way up until pretty much the finale of occasionally whenever whenever ang gets fucked up or super excited or like, you can tell the curators of the show were huge anime and manga fans because they're kind of embracing, like, the characters will turn into little chibi versions of, them, of themselves sometimes and stuff like that, just just for little throwaway shots and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they're they not in, like, there's a shot in the Warriors of Kyoshi Island where Aang is running. So, we I guess if we're not taking blah, 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 we don't have to worry about, like, going yeah. in order. Uh, there's a shot in the Warriors of Kyoshi Island where 
um, Aang is running away from the Biganagi eel that becomes the big plot point at the end of that episode. And he's, like, running on top of the water, and he's just animated where his, like, limbs are almost kind of like gooey flippers. Oh, that was a weird-looking And they piece consistently keep on doing, and, like, a lot of that stuff, a lot of the first online memes I saw were Avatar memes because people would make animated GIFs out of moments like that, or, like, mm. Aang's mouth leaving his face, like, kind of the stuff you're talking about. Because they had a good time. The creators of the show had a good time. Like, how, what kind of ugly, weird thing can we make this character do? More often than not, it is Aang, but some of the other characters get into that, too. Um, and, at, man, at some point, I don't think these episodes would have been uh, put on Netflix. But they they put out, like, put out, like, three or four, like, little, like, five-minute shorts about all the characters hanging out. Like, they did this tribute to anime where they created this I, I I don't know if like some kind of weird promotional thing but they they have this thing where all the characters are little tiny chibi versions of themselves all attending this school but like a modern Japanese mm. kind of style school they're all speaking English and stuff like that but it's definitely a parody of like Japanese anime cartoons that take place in a school and it's and but that's they really go nuts with because like, all the characters are already kind of chibi and cartoony enough in there and that's when they really go nuts with like characters just flipping out and doing all kinds of crazy stuff but maybe we'll watch yeah, that like these guys are obviously very inspired yeah They're, were these the creators of this also like the art directors and stuff or yeah they, they like, well i think they came up because like i should have looked up the histories of oh my god let me see oh, look up the avatar last term but i forgot the name it's brian konietzko avatar airbender yeah, they, I mean, they both just came up, came up, like, working on stuff like, you know, Johnny Bravo and other Netflix stuff, and this is their mm. first stab at, like, I think Nickelodeon was like, hey, you guys have done a lot of good work on other stuff, would you guys ever want to, like, make a cartoon of your own? And they were like, yeah, we, we've always had this idea for, like, this little uh, cartoon about this kid. I think originally the idea for the Avatar was supposed to be kind of post-apocalyptic and kind of take place mm. in the future, because I think there was something, like, where originally, like... Like, I think, like, Momo the Little Lemur was going to be, like, a little robot or something like that. And it was supposed to be much more, almost seems like, almost like a video game universe where it's like this, or, or like, this, like the latter-day Zelda games where it's kind of, like, taking place in the past, but there's all this junk, robotic junk from the future laying around. And essentially mm. they were like, no, let's play it straight. Let's just have it take place in old-timey, fake Asian-era stuff. And eventually they came down to the idea of, like, okay, it's going to be kind of, like, take place in a, in a Bobo fake, like, 19th century world where it's kind of, like, our made-up version of all these Asian countries put together. But, like, you have the Fire Nation, they have, like, steamships and stuff like that, so it's kind of, like, 19th century technology and stuff. But it's supposed to be kind of, mm -hmm. like, a weird historical thing. But, yeah, I'm looking at their history now. Yeah, they worked on Family Guy and King of the Hill and uh, Mission Hill. And, yeah, the two creators are... Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko. Um, yeah, I guess they were they first met while working on Family Guy. Oh wow, I don't think is Family Guy really that fucking old. It's pretty They're old. Actually, pretty. It's Avatar shit, which I should know because I saw the I watched the pilot of Family Guy with my friends. But it's weird yeah. to think that like, well, I'm glad to see Family Guy actually had some kind of benefit to the world if it got the guys that created Avatar <laughs> together. Um, yeah, so I'd like... We have plenty of episodes to talk about the genesis of, of Avatar, but yeah, I can't remember exactly what the 
well, like, I mean, there's Avatar art books and stuff out there. I can go back and reread, and if, if we want to talk about the genesis of the stuff, but yeah, that's... How many art books do you own of Avatar? I think they put out art books for every season, and I think they may have put out one mega art book where, right when the series was wrapping up, right when they first announced that there was going to be a, an Avatar live-action adaptation. And mm-hmm. so for, like, this, like, last fourth book containing all the bits and pieces from the uh, from the other three seasons, they got M. Night Shyamalan to write the foreword. And, like, it's Oops. so sad because, like, the guys are like, oh, we're looking so forward to this Avatar adaptation. It could be so great. And we really have faith in M. Night Shyamalan. He's going to do so much great work. And M. Night Shyamalan's whole forward is like, I've watched Avatar with my children and I want to do it justice and I want to make this the Wizard of Oz for the 21st century. And we all know how that turned out. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. So, yeah. But, yeah, they, they, yeah, they just came up. Yeah, they, they produced this stuff for Nickelodeon, and it's it's wild that, like, it seemed to be one of Nickelodeon's more popular things, but mm-hmm. after it ended, the guys went off and decided they wanted to do their own separate things, because they, they had spent five years just working really hardcore on, the, on, on this stuff. Actually, it's funny that, like, one of the biggest legacy things that came out of the show was... Uh, one of the guys, God, let's see, Dave Filoni, exactly what was his credits? Have you ever heard of the, heard of Dave uh, Filoni? I don't think so. Dave Filoni, he is essentially, right now, is the closest thing to a George Lucas that Lucasfilm has working on Star Wars. Mm. Uh, he got his start. What does that even mean at this point? That's point, actually. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> Avatar: Last Airbender was not the first thing he worked on. I guess why? Well, I guess he came up with the uh, King of the Hill, Mission Hill. I guess he were, had worked on a lot of the same stuff as uh, the Avatar creators. It's funny to think all these guys. One of their first things was King of the Hill. It's funny to think both King of the Hill and like modern day Star Wars uh, have owe a lot to King of the Hill. Man, King of the Hill is so good. But so okay, so there's the two creators of Avatar, and then there's this Dave Filoni mm-hmm. guy. And David Filoni was, God, he was a storyboard artist, character designer, and I think he wound up working on some Star, uh, some story stuff on Avatar. And after Avatar, uh, George Lucas had seen Avatar, and he was looking for someone to run his new Clone Wars cartoon. And he, mm. says, he saw David Filoni pop up, and he was like, oh, I really love that av- Avatar stuff, would you work on my cartoon? And so that's what happened, and, and Dave Filoni and George Lucas pretty much wound up doing all that Clone War stuff together to the point that when George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney, uh, yeah, Chris, Dave Filoni kind of became like the the substitute George Lucas, where he's the guy who really knew all the lore and everything like that, and he's the one guy. Oh, you think George Lucas knew any of the lore? No, that's the or thing. He just asked. He had somebody, and he said, "Hey, what happened with that?" Well, yeah, because <laughs> that's that's well, that's the funny thing, because like so many like when they when 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 Disney bought Lucasfilm and they scrapped the entire like old EU and they officially made all of like the novelizations and stuff like all the Thrawn books non-canon and stuff like that. Everyone was like, mm. George Lucas would be rolling over in his grave if he saw how you were trading his work. And even Dave Filoni had to come out and be like. George Lucas didn't care about any of those books and stuff like he, that. All those books, like the General Thrawn books and all that stuff, that was just a means to keep the company afloat. It's not like he cared about the yeah. lore from that shit. 
But yes, now Dave Filoni's kind of like in charge of Star Wars stuff. He's kind of in charge of the Mandalorian and all that stuff that they're doing now. Mm. So, but yeah, Dave Filoni he came up through Avatar: Last Airbender, yeah. So, and that's probably the biggest cultural impact Avatar has has just been through him. Um, and it's kind of funny with like the explosion of streaming stuff, the success of the Mandalorian and stuff like that has kind of created a space where I like that's probably half the reason why. We've talked before about how the Avatar guys, they had been, I guess a couple years ago, Netflix announced that they were going to do their own live-action adaptation of the Avatar TV show, and yeah. I don't know if that meant they were to go by, like, episode by episode and recreate every episode in live-action, or if they were just going to condense things, but, but then they quickly also came out and said that the creators of Avatar were going to be in charge of this live-action adaptation, and so everyone was very happy. We talked about this... When we, in last week's episode when we announced that we're doing Avatar stuff, but I figured, well, maybe a lot of people didn't hear that, so we're regurgitating this, that information here, but, um, but yeah, so, ne but then after a couple years, like, the, Nef the, the, the Avatar guys, they came out and said, we're leaving this Netflix live-action live adaptation because Netflix is fucking it up, and still mm -hmm. no one knows what's happening, because Netflix has not talked about this adaptation since it was announced, and since the guys left. So no one knows. I mean, it's still supposedly still on, but, like, there's been no updates about, like, casting or, like, where they're going to film I wonder who stuff. it's going to be for. That's the weird thing. Because is it still going to be for 12-year-olds? Because you think, like, mm. you do it for life. If anything, what they should be doing, if you're going to spend lots of money redoing anything of Avatar, the original series, just redraw it in HD. Like, you don't even have to change. You can still use the same audio. Well, actually, it would be kind of nice if you went back and did the music so it sounds so less synthy. But, like, it's all right there. All you have to do, I mean, granted, not to say that's easy. That still would cost millions of dollars to do. But, like, compared to the bazillions of dollars to recreating all this in live action, it's like, oh, yeah, is it going to be, like, grim, dark? I've also seen how badly Avatar works in live action, too. Because, like, even if you have the best directors and special effects guys in the world, it's still hard to make it seem like hey, someone getting hit with air is going to be super painful you, or anything like that. You know who could do it? Who's that? The director of Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah. That, you know what? And especially, fuck, especially if you're going to cling to this whole, like, Asian thing, go take it, exactly, take it back to the source and, like... I think that's the only. I I haven't seen anybody else do comedic CGI. Like, See, I mean, it would look shit. corny and silly, but it's always gonna look corny and silly. But at least if you give it to the Kung Fu Hustle guy, at least it'll be entertaining, corny and silly, and like will embrace mm -hmm. the unreality of the situation. But that's a good fucking. But yeah, Netflix would never do that in a million years. Fuck, that is a good idea. And it's, I did it. Did I it. saved Avatar. <laughs> we need to write. Uh, okay, Daniel, right now, you have to write that idea down on the back of a piece of paper and mail it to yourself so you can copyright it. So if they ever oh, actually yeah. do that, you can sue Netflix for a million dollars. But that's the thing, because even watching this now, like, the little bit of airbending gig I get to see Aang do in these episodes, I'm like, how would you do this in live action? And especially with air, because, like, air is invisible. At least in the cartoon, you can draw the squiggly lines to show that it's air. But, like, there's, like, even a bit where, like, he, like, kicks open an iron door with, like, an air kick, and, like, you can do that in cartoon because you can kind of, like, make the air look super heavy and, like, oof. But, like, doing that, like, photo, like, trying to do that photo realistically with CGI, it's just gonna look stupid. And, yeah. and people also, people, have you ever actually seen 
the M. Night Shyamalan live-action uh, Avatar oh, movie. So many times, I love it. Oh, every frame is a painting. Like, <laughs> what was it? Because Shyamalan decided that it would be too silly if people could just shoot flames out of their fists. That the firebenders mm -hmm. can only manipulate whatever fire already happens to be in the environment. Which is kind of a weird, mm -hmm. arbitrary idea. But, like, whenever people do, like, airbending, it just kind of looks like more like they're using the force and manipulating things rather than the air because you can't see the air so it's a little bit like abstract as to what the hell's exactly happening and there's a funny scene where like there's a bunch of earthbenders trying oh to yeah everybody that is the scene that everybody has <laughs> seen like, where they float one solitary rock there's 15 guys and they have to this rock is slowly floating through the air it's the least impressive <laughs> You're like, what is mm -hmm. this? This is not. This does not look like a cool superpower. It just looks no. like a bunch of people screaming at a rock as it's floating through the air on a string. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, at least the Shyamalan movie shows how you should not do live action air bending. But like the whole premise of like the whole elemental bending stuff is just made for animation. Like, they're setting yeah. them, themselves up for a lot more challenges than they probably anticipate they are by trying to translate it to live action again. But yeah, no, that's totally... That, that Kung Fu Hustle, that's a good idea. I do feel like um, the first four episodes of this, uh, a lot of the budget went to those elements and didn't get used. When they animate, they animate. Yeah. When they don't animate, they don't want to animate. There's a lot of still... Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I mean it's fine animation. Yeah. And it does get better as the series goes on. They get more creative with stuff, but like yeah, this is still early days for the show too, but like there's not like I love that like also like there's this whole a water tribe in the South Pole and it's like supposed to be this big thriving city, but there's only like 12 people there. And they kind of use the excuse that like all the all the men are off at war, so it's just, like, the, the little mm, kids mm -hmm. and old people. But still, it's literally, like, six people. <laughs> and it's not very well populated. Yeah, and they do that thing where, like... Oh, which Why I guess is kind do of... Do they... Yeah. Sorry. Do they... Have, I guess the spoilery no. question here, but... Do they ever explain why the heck her tribe wasn't helping her learn waterbending? Because she's the last one, right? Is Katara the only waterbender in that tribe? Yeah, because no, you never see... Wouldn't they be like, oh, that's very special? There's a lot But of they all seem to be like... Bleh, bleh, There's bleh. a lot of questions about that. Like, again, as someone who's a fan of this shit, I, I still have questions. Because, like, it's a little weird, too, because it seems to be in the Avatar universe, like, maybe 10% of the population are benders. But, mm -hmm. like, but these, we'll see more of this later, but, like, these cultures will completely define themselves around that 10% of the benders that can bend. Like, the water yeah. tribe, I guess they're only the water tribe, is because occasionally you'll have water benders around. But, like, they're the only water tribe because only those 10% of people can do stuff, whereas all the other normal people just have to live like normal people, but it's the water tribe. And granted, they live near the water and stuff like that. But, yeah, they never... I guess whoever could have taught Katara to, like, refine her waterbending, I guess, is off at war. I can't remember if they actually... I mean, there, you do find out more stuff about Katara and the history of the what, tribes and stuff like that later on, but, like, it's a good question, actually. I'm not, I, can't, I, I can't remember. Yeah. There are no spoiler questions. Like, if you want a spoiler, I'll tell you. But I'm assuming anyone listening to this has probably already seen the show. Although I would hope that if people who have not seen the show are listening to this that you're watching along with us. 
so I'll try not to get too spoilery about stuff in the future. If I do, I'll at least warn you guys. So I'm not gonna just suddenly be like, oh yeah, Katara gets pregnant and has to drop out through the show halfway through or something like that. But, um, yeah. What other questions you got? Oh no. Daniel, bye-bye. He no talkie to me. As people listening to this podcast would probably know by now, Daniel's been having some connection... What did I say it that way? Connection. Uh, connectivity issues with his internet. And either he just gave up on me and does not want to talk about Avatar anymore. Which, yeah, hey, two things like Or his internet has died out, leaving me to sit here and stump for time. Because my only alternative to stumping for time means I have to go back and edit this podcast. Which I don't want to do either. So it's easier for me if I just hit here and monologue at you guys about the history and the world of Avatar Last Airbender. If people... Now that Daniel's gone, though, I can start talking about spoilers about who my favorite characters and who my favorite moments and episodes of Avatar Last Airbender is. We can talk about the future of the Legend of Korra. You still there, Daniel? No, Daniel, I'll come back. Um... Yeah. It'll be... I know people keep on talking about the future of Avatar, because, like, they've announced that the Avatar guys... Well, that was the weird thing! Okay, Daniel doesn't care about the future, so I can't talk about this. So, after the Avatar creators left the live-action adaptation uh, going on at Netflix, they did just announce just in the last couple months that Nickelodeon signed them up to do... Like, they're doing, like, two new series and, like, some kind of Avatar movie, like, multiple projects at the same time. I'm very curious to see what that shit's about, because... I wonder, like, you have to wonder, like, where do they go with new Avatar projects after Korra? Could you, could you go into the past to explore the history of Avatar? Do you do, like, an Avatar Kyoshi show? Um, oh god, I forgot to mention there's Avatar comics, because I think they just came out with a Kyoshi comic involving Suki. Um, but, I mean, the obvious thing would be, did you do a show about the Avatar after Korra, which... Everyone seems to, all the fan people... God, that's another thing you're talking about, just all the fan reactions, all this stuff. The fan community. Which is such a huge thing back when the show was first airing, that it was so cute to see all the fan reactions to stuff, you know, in Avatar. But, the fans have always assumed that the next show would take place in kind of roughly modern day, and it would be, it, like, you'd have an Earthbender running around bossing say, in kind of like a 20, 20, you know, 21st century... Well, does that map? Because if Legend of Korra takes place in the 19... In, in like, the Avatar universe equivalent of the 1920s. Assuming Korra lives for... Yeah, that makes sense. Because if assuming Korra lives... Well, she would have to live for an... No, no, no. She, she doesn't have to live for 100 years. She only has to live 80 years. <laughs> that's, that's a funny thing to say. A character only has to live for another 80 years. In order to make the math work, assuming the Avatar of a modern-day set show is, like, 20 years old or younger. That means they would have had been born around 2000, so... Yeah, so if Korra lives for another 80 years after the 1920 setting of The Legend of Korra, she dies around, like, you know, circa 2000, that means... Yeah, then you would have an Earthbender running around. And that would be, like, how... How modern would you want to make that? Would you have it just be, like, you know, jet planes and smartphones and... Yeah, I don't know what you do. I mean, you could do fascinating things, but... Yeah, I don't know. And, like... 
Do you make it a boy? Do you make it a girl? Do you make it... Man, fuck, it's 20th century fucking even the Avatar world. You can go crazy with, like, transgendered stuff or something. Like, maybe someone... Someone who's an Avatar who doesn't... Their own personal identity is in flux. That could be kind of interesting. Um, it is... It is... would have to be an Earthbender, right? I'm not... Because... Avatar, Roku, Fire... Was it Kiyoshi before Oroku? So is Yeah, so Kiyoshi was the last... Earthbender, man, Daniel's really gone. Um, sorry for turning this into the Bill Mudger. Let's talk about Avatar: Last Airbender podcast. Um, yeah. And you talk about a thing that would be—I don't know—would something like that? Because would would a new Avatar show get a lot of play in China? Because again, it's white people kind of like co-opting Asian stuff. So I don't know how how well Avatar would play overseas. I mean, because it would be like if, if if production made in China was trying to be like, oh, we're going to make a show about a bunch of kids in like Bobo, New York. And like, that could be kind of funny and entertaining to see, but if, if they fuck it up badly enough, it would just come off as off-putting and trying too hard. I don't know, so. Dun, dun, dun. How are you guys doing? Listen to this podcast. Usually, usually when I ask that, that's usually when Daniel pops back in. I don't think that's happening today because Daniel's not back in. But... What else been going on? Been playing that fi- flight simulator game. That's been pretty good. I just finished watching Ted Lasso, and I hate to say it because everyone's been jerking off about Ted Lasso for the last year. Turns out Ted Lasso's pretty good. I finally caught up. Uh, I'm uh, just watched the most recent episode of Ted Lasso last night. That turns out to be pretty good. For people who don't know, Ted Lasso is a comedy on Apple Plus about a guy played by Jason Sudeikis, who's a high school football teacher. Was he high school? They never... I can't remember what they say. If he's high school or collegiate or whatever. And he gets hired to coach a English soccer squad. And, and it's very sweet. The funny thing is, actually, the best character on that show... Everyone keeps on jerking off about Ted, Ted Lasso himself. The Jason Sudeikis character. But the secret best character on that show is the big grumpy guy. Uh, who... Man, that's funny. Um... We record this through Discord, and Discord is now sending me a message saying, It seems that like you've been by yourself for five minutes now. Do you want to keep on recording? I'm like, okay, yeah. Man, Daniel, this is the longest Daniel's internet's been out. Actually, I should uh, uh, maybe text him and see what the situation is, because it could be entirely possible we might have just to come back and record this later on this. Uh, later on this afternoon. I will make a note, however to if i have to edit this stuff because as i'm recording this now it is the 45 minute mark i will write down in the back of my hand 45 minutes edit stuff but yeah you guys listening at home feel free to because this we're gonna be in this for a while because if especially if we're only going to be recording episodes about every every two episodes of avatar there's 60 episodes of avatar help me do the math on this you guys at home are definitely better at, at math than i am if we do... There's 60 episodes of Avatar. We do two episodes every other week. Actually, no, there's not a lot of math there, because if we do go back... If we jump back and forth between Disney Through the Decades and Avatar The Last Airbender with us doing two episodes every week of Avatar, every other... Well, every other week, but every episode, you know. So essentially, cumulatively, that's... You know, that's about 60 weeks of Avatar. A little bit less because we're doing the first four episodes of that. And I'm assuming the last four episodes we'll do is one big 
group too, because like I said, that's essentially a TV movie in of itself. And I'm essentially just really talking out loud now at this point. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Year of Avatars. That's not so bad. Um, yeah. What are you guys' favorite characters and stuff? That I don't think Daniel's probably too worried about being spoiled. So feel free to hit us up with any. I would actually, man. Shit. I don't know if Daniel's gonna come back and listen to this. So I'm tempted to talk about like, like, God, how do we, I don't know how to I'd talk about stuff without keeping Daniel spoiled because like talking about our favorite moments and characters, because there's a lot that still comes down the pipeline. I was so glad that like when I first started watching Avatar, it must've been like in the middle of the second season. Cause I remember, um, all the hype when they first announced the third season of the show. And in fact, actually one of the greatest things, if you go on to youtube and look up i think at new york city comic-con is where they first unveiled the the first trailer for the for the third season for last third and last season of the show and i remember seeing that when that when that was new and seeing the fan reactions when they recorded themselves reacting to that 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 announcement trailer for the third season and people are like fucking crying in the ban in the, the banquet room where they were unveiling that trailer and stuff like that <laughs> it's fucking great it's hard to talk about all that <coughs> on the show without spoiling Daniel because, you know, of course, everything that's there. The fact that, like, half the characters are there in ways that, like, it's hard not to... Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about the future of Avatar without spoiling myself. But I was so glad that I was able to get into Avatar, like, during its second season where I, I guess that's one of the nice things about... Because social media, because, oh, god damn, that would have been like 2007 or so. It was before social media had become really a thing. There was still the internet and you could get spoiled because god knows people would be posting about stuff like on, on, um, LiveJournal. God, would have been a LiveJournal? Probably, because, you know, the Tumblr before there was Tumblr. But, like, people were still pretty good about spoilers, so I managed to get into the second season. I don't know anything about Toph or Azula. That was stuff was all a genuine surprise, and I'd like to keep that stuff as much as a surprise for Daniel as it was for me, but yeah, that's a good good building of the stakes throughout the show with the introduction of new characters and status quo changes for old characters and yeah, so with that said, I am officially going to pause this for a second because yeah, I have no idea if Daniel's coming back anytime soon and I don't want to this monologue at you guys forever. Daniel's back now. If I edit this correctly, everyone knows that Daniel left because I already talked about it. But yeah. yeah, so Daniel's back. So well, yeah. What the hell we were talking about? Well, yeah. I don't know. It's not an Is there anything we're talking about in the first episode? Man, you got a big, a big silly thing. I guess that he I rides mean, on. Just, so the first episode is it's just a quick synopsis. It's Aang and Katara. They're out fishing, mm. I guess. Um, no, not Aang. No, Sokka and Katara. What am I talking about? Um, Sokka's being a sexist shit talking about. Girls, something. Man, about he really s- sucks in this he episode. He really does, and like she's like your socks smell, and she gets so angry about his stinky socks that she accidentally <laughs> uses her water bending to crack open the big ice ball that I guess I, I'm getting confused with the character names that Aang's been locked into for a hundred years. Also, it's funny because like knowing this premise of the show, they take a long time to like tell you that like, or at least it takes seems to take forever for Aang to finally figure out. That he's been in a bubble for a hundred years, because I don't even think it's told yeah. until like the next episode that he figures that out. Yeah, and so he cracks open the ice ball. Uh, for some reason, cracking open the ice ball creates a laser beam that goes up into the sky, and then they show um, who's the evil prince? Zuko, 
He's out looking for the Avatar with his uncle. He was my my favorite Lost Marks brother. We can kind of see the family resemblance, even through the burnt <laughs> eyeball. Wow. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate you so much. I love it. <laughs> I do, too. Oh, but yeah, so Zuko sees that there's a giant laser beam, and it's just pretty simple. Like, uh, um, you get the, the first little bit of, like, Aang being a goofball when after mm -hmm. he comes out of the, the ice, he's like, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. And then he just suddenly jumps up, like, you, you want to go penguin, penguin sledding with me? And I didn't realize it's actually a little bit of a gag that spreads across these first two episodes, but there's a bit where Sokka pokes ang in the head with this stick and that's the, yeah. the first instance of what you're kind of talking about the cartoon sound effects and boink 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 i didn't realize that becomes a thing because in like uh is it so is it ang who does the same thing because later in the second episode when they're captured i think Sokka or ang does the same thing to zuko as he's hanging off the side of the ship as they're escaping but because i got yeah. i forgot i didn't realize it's like a laden gag that actually gets a little bit of payoff later but but anyway so they go back to the water tribe just in time for um it's mostly just setting because like, it's just them explaining like the water tribe the people have left that's why there's no one there you get the, at Katara's... the water tribe are very busy at standing around gawking at everything literally that's all they do and the kids ask if that's they can go pee that that's the yeah. only thing and then there's a granny i guess it's katara's grandma well i guess katara and saga's grandma is all like oh, i'm old and that's the avatar um, and so, yeah, that's pretty much them gawking a whole lot of exposition. There's a whole, and, like, man, seriously, this first episode, all Zuko does is sit on this fucking ship, just yelling exposition about how he needs to find the Avatar, he needs to get his honor back, the only way he can do it is by finding the Avatar. He thinks the, he thinks the Avatar's over there. He keeps on yelling about how we, we have to yeah. go over there. Yeah. You know what kids' shows, and having had to watch some kids' shows recently with a kid uh, are very good at making petulant kids or teenagers petulant and sucky yeah like, they really set up what a sucky piece of suck this kid is oh you're talking about Sokka in particular or zuko yeah. no zuko because zuko is just constantly well and they set him up with his uncle who's this fat little old man who loves to he loves his tea and he loves to eat he loves his roast duck and I, that's something i noticed that they do uh, just even these first four episodes, whenever you want to make an old person likable, all you have to do is have them be really into food and slightly silly. And that automatically mm -hmm. makes them endearing to little kids. And kind of honorable. Yeah, because that's 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 Zuko's uncle. That's uh the 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 the, the Gyat monk Yatsu, who we see like helped who was with Aang. We see a flashback back to Aang. At the Southern Air Temple, he's making his cakes, and he likes to make cakes and stuff like that, too. And, and throw them at the other monks. Yeah, just fuck up the other monks. But, like, so, yeah, really, the first episode is about, uh, eventually, uh, fucking Katara and Aang. Oh, uh, Aang, Aang convinces Katara to go penguin sledding. And she mm -hmm. does. And you get kind of get the feeling that, like, even though Katara's only, like, 12 years old, that she's... She considers herself a little too old to be doing a penguin sledding and stuff. But Aang kind of reawakens a little bit of that childhood fun in her. And she has, <laughs> when, yeah. When they did that, 
the adult in me came out and was like, man, they're going to have to walk a long way home. That's a good point. Unless they just captured another That's a long walk. walk. They're they sledding a long way. Yeah, they go out a long way. And it is kind of, it's one of those things where, like, if they redid this in HD, you could do this much more interesting and more convincingly as they're, like, sledding through all these ice caverns and stuff like that. You get the gist of, like, what's going on, but it's on this cartoon budget it's not necessarily executed all the way but they find an old um uh ship it's it's Mm -hmm. a fire nation ship from i guess when the fire nation first attacked when like katara's grandma was a little kid so i guess this thing's been in the ice for a hundred years and this is when ang realizes that i don't know why it only sinks in now that he's like oh my god i actually really am a hundred years old i've been in the ice all that long time and he gets super sad but then they accidentally set off a... I guess for some reason this crashed ship is booby-trapped to fire off rockets if anyone goes into it. Which, that's a weird thing. If you're, if you're in a Fire Nation ship that's about to sink, the last thing you do is like, we need to booby-trap this place before we... Quick! Bang up the flares! We're not going to set it up so it explodes so no one else can use it. We're just like we're just going to booby-trap it so it sets off rockets for some reason. And that's how the episode yeah. end, ends, because... Zuko sees the flare and he's like, "Oh, I see the Avatar and his hiding place." And don't, don't, don't. There is one bit in this that made me kind of laugh and how short-sighted it is when Aang is trying to convince Katara to go sneaking around the Fire Nation ship. She's like, "I think it's a bad idea to go in there," and he's like, "No, we should totally go in there." And he says something about like something about like the absence of fear like he like it's almost like this little oh if you want to be a bender you you like can't oh yeah the absence of fear it turns out fucking katara was completely right this ang's little bit of wisdom about if you want to be a bender you yeah. have to learn to ignore fear he's totally wrong <laughs> like it's like the, the, the <laughs> only the only reason that the whole rest of the story happens is because they go into the ship and they fuck things up and so yeah that's the end of the episode fucking ang's an idiot <laughs> Uh, turns yeah. out Katara was right. Um, let's see, the second episode. Yeah, just, uh, is it really just, uh, uh like, Zuko shows up, captures everybody, and they rescue, uh, yeah, they rescue Aang from the ship. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm scanning through it right now, just to look for any little plot points. You do get the little bit of stuff where, I don't know, I guess that must have been the first. Yeah, you get to see Aang, like, using his powers. Yeah, you really get to see him airbending for the first time. Um, you get to see Sokka try to fight Zuko a little bit, and Zuko just totally kicks his ass. But mm. uh, Sokka does slap him upside the head with a boomerang real, real quick, which is kind of funny. Yeah, they do the um, very... Uh, uh, we're very serious until yeah. and Zuko, they draw him when he gets hit in the back of the head of the boomerang. His face goes all fucking anime chibi too. Like, yeah, yeah, they they they're they're trying not to take it seriously, which is you know, like I said, it's, it's a cartoon for twelve year olds. But yeah, uh, Zuko does a little bit of fire bending at Ang to capture him, and like that scares one of the little girls in the village, and that's enough for yeah for Ang to be like. I'll take you willingly so we don't, like, endanger anyone else here. And that's exactly what happens. But uh, that's when Katara and uh, and Sokka are like, oh, okay, let's steal, let, let's take Aang's water bison because they left the water bison behind. We could take him and go uh, rescue Aang. And there's a cute little thing where they're trying to get, uh, God, what's the name of the water bison? Jesus Christ, he's got a name. Uh, um, 
Blairy. Larry Stinkum. Larry Stinkums. Where they're trying to like say that hurt Aang. Falcor. Falcor. It's Falcor. Like they're like, what's what's <laughs> the word to like to get into a fly? And like Sokka's like, hey ho, Mario. It's like, yip yip, and that's actually one ticket. Uh, nice. It's kind of fun. Yeah, But yeah, they go, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you get you kind of really get, uh, this episode is the first bit of real airbending where. Um, Aang does manage to escape his the, the guards as they're taking out taking to his room I guess on Zuko's ship. He manages he like does a great air blast where he like knocks one guy forward into his face into a wall and pushes the other guy back and like Aang's running around the whole ship with his hands tied behind his back and he's able to do all this crazy yeah. airbending and stuff. Yeah, really good animation in that part. Yeah. And then, like it was watching this stuff, I'm like, man, how do you how would you do this in live action and make it convincing at all? And I don't know if you can. Unless, yeah, unless you're fucking Kung Fu Hustle. Um, and yeah, he almost escapes with his little glider, but uh, Azuka gl- gra- uh, grabs onto him, but then suddenly, yeah, uh, Sokka and Katara show up on... God, what's the name of the air- It's Falcor, Bill, air- come on. because the character's got a name, and it's it's not like it's not said throughout the entire show. Oh my god, I have to look it up. No, not air- Appa. Appa, Jesus Christ! Okay, yeah. God, they actually it even voiced. Named... It's voiced by D. Baker, the guy that does all the weird noises. Yeah, pretty much the modern day Frank Welker. Um, and so yeah, they they all kind of escape, and I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting. Uh, it's kind of notable that like even though Aang escapes, uh, Zuko's uncle is pretty chill about the situation. He's just like, oh, he did escape. I need to go back to my roast duck. Um, here's a good question. Do you reckon? Mm. Do you recognize the voice of Zuko's uncle at all? Of course, man. What oh, and that's clear? that's 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 the reference in this car, this episode. I knew there was a reason I wanted to do blah 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 this. Uh, yeah. So what what do you recognize the voice from? He's uh, I mean, what don't I? He's what do I recognize him? From? His big. I know at, the actor, but he's done a ton. At of least shit. as far as I know, like um, his biggest known role was he played Aku from Samurai Jack, the big villain. Um, yeah. And actually, Zuko has a little Miko, shrine in yeah. his apartment on his ship. That, it, that, that is, there's a big sculpture of, of Aku. Because Aku was this big guy with like green lips and the big bug eyes and fangs and Samurai Jack. And he's got that like demon Aku hanging up on his wall in there. So that was, I thought was kind of funny. Though. He was in Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, he was a live action actor. Unfortunately, he died before the end of Avatar The Last Airbender because this is a character who sticks around Zuko's uncle. Mm. And so they wound up replacing him. And I felt bad because the guy who replaces him does not sound much like that guy because that guy had such a distinctive voice. But they tried. But like, yeah. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, when they started recording, that guy was already like 97. I mean, that guy was already like 97 when they made out of the fucking... Conan and the Barbarian and shit, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he did the narration in Conan when, like, the narration is like, It is the Age of Steel. It's that guy doing that narration and stuff, but... Yeah, and the episode ends with, uh, after they've escaped, um, Zuko, they're flying away, and Aang is super depressed, because, yeah, he's, he's just struggling for the first time with the notion that, like, it's been a hundred years since... Uh, he's been in the ice for a hundred years and stuff. Mm-hmm. No one else knows he's the Avatar at that point, right? Uh, because I think this is I mean, mostly he's, he's kind of said he is. I think when they take him, yeah, I couldn't. Rem- oh yeah, I guess they must because Zuko, the whole point Zuko is trying to capture him. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, because 
the unspoken thing here, or at least it's it's the fact that like is Aang is super upset, not just even just because he's been in locked away in ice for a hundred years, but like he's the Avatar, he should have been able to prevent all this stuff from happening, and he didn't. So the whole world's been falling apart for a hundred years because of him, which that will mm. become more of a thing as we go throughout the series, like exploring exactly like why he was locked in the ice for a hundred years and stuff like that. But yeah, but it, they 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 do the little thing of like. Uh, Katara and Sokka kind of brighten him up a little bit by like, hey, like, well, we've already escaped and we can't go back home because we're just going to lead the Fire Nation back home. So how about we just yeah. fly up to this northern water tribe and we'll find some waterbenders who can teach both of us waterbending. Yeah. And so that kind of sets the premise of the show right there is that they're going to fly from one end of the world to the other. And that's how the episode ends. No stops in between. No stops. And let's see. So the next episode. The heck is the third episode? I just watched it this morning. Southern Air Temple. And the big oh, thing right. here is just simply the first stop on their way, which actually this tracks on the map because I remember this is like the first landmass they go to after uh, leaving essentially what is the Antarctic in this world. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they go to the Southern Air Temple, which is. Uh, it's where Aang is from, I guess he was born here. They never talk about because because all the air monks are all dead. You never get a real explanation of the air monk culture. Uh, they seem to be a bunch of dudes who just live in this like fucking mountaintop temple. Uh, you kind of wonder how if there's no women, like where did Aang come from? Like how do they reproduce? Um, I don't know. That gets a little rat retconned with the Legend of Korra, where they kind of explain about how like I don't know, there's some actually some air ladies we just never get to see it well just because they're monks in this world doesn't mean they can't bang well that's, that's we, like they thing. never no one yet it's not like anyone in this episode says and yeah we cut all of our penises off and no one ever fucks. Yeah. yeah so it's just all we do is we play air ball and we make cakes and well this is the big thing um because ang is still struggling with the idea that he's been gone for a hundred years he wants to go to the southern air temple because that's where he's from and he wants to make sure everyone's okay there of course he shows up, it's completely empty, the whole place is rotting, it's filled with weeds, and for some reason he just like, oh, everyone must be hiding, everyone can't be dead, <laughs> and like, K Katara and Sokka are both like, I don't know about this thing, you might be in for some real sad news if you try to keep on exploring what the yeah, hell I happened here. I didn't understand much why she was like, no, no, we can't show him the fire helmet because that might upset him. It's like, what? How, how are you going to hide this? Yeah, what are you going to do? Like, you gonna do? Like, oh, no, we have to like, oh, I have to go. We, I have to go back to the water truck because I have to poop real bad. Like, don't yeah. like like he's going to find out. Might as well let him find out. And so the whole episode is him just having flashbacks to like when he was like 100 years ago, I guess right before he got frozen in ice. You get to see him hanging out with his monkey Otto guy and he's making cakes and stuff and they're having a good time. Um, mm -hmm. and he ends up poking around long enough. Well, I guess there's a whole thing before the, the big climax of the episode is that they go into this hall where it's filled with these statues of previous avatars. That's a lot of them. That is, yeah, there's been like, God, I think spoilers for the future of the show. The avatars have been around for at least almost exactly 10,000 years. So however mm. long. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, I guess some for some reason, whenever there's a new avatar, a statue of them gets built in this air temple and, and, and added to the collection. And so then they keep on searching around. They they end up they, they essentially the big thing is uh, uh, Ang finds the skeleton of Monk Yacht. So it turns out 
uh, he must have been fighting off, like, an entire fucking Fire Nation army, because he's, like, in this one room of the temple, and his skeleton is just in the corner. Not! Doesn't look like he was burned to death! True. <laughs> You'd think there'd be more scorch marks and stuff there, but, like, in the- in Would his skeleton still be there after a hundred years? And, well, especially up in, like, the air. I mean, the meat wouldn't be there, because even if the meat didn't rot, you'd probably well, have no. fucking vultures. I, I don't stuff. think they're gonna put meat on a kid's show. <laughs> But, I mean, that is a whole thing, like, in Tibetan cultures, there's, like, air burials and stuff, where, like, you offer your, offer the body up to the birds and shit like that. But, mm -hmm. you know, actually, it's, I would think, if anything, it's probably more likely that the skeleton would be there than if you buried someone in the ground where, like, it's gonna get wet and rot. At least up there, it's just gonna be kind of dry. It like, might get snowed on, but, like, if you, you think, if anything, it would be better preserved. Like, in that kind of environment than, like, yeah, in the, in the muddy ground or anything like that. But, yeah, so Aang freaks out and he realizes that everything he knew uh, from back in the day is truly gone and destroyed. And he's uh, completely al uh, left alone in this world. And, um, yeah, scanning it through it now, there is, this is kind of a little bit of a lore thing where when he sees Monk Yato's body, he flips the fuck out. And his eyes start to glow. And, like, even the blue tattoo on his head starts to glow. Uh -huh. And he lifts up into the air and with a big air ball. And he goes into a state which gets explained a little bit more as the series comes along. But this is the first example of something that will be known as the Avatar state. Where Aang suddenly becomes, kind of becomes, like, extra super powerful when his eyes are glowing and stuff like that. And uh, they, they, there was a cool thing which I forgot happens in this in this cartoon. Like whenever I guess he, whenever Aang enters the Avatar state and with his like, glowing eyes and stuff, I guess all the statues in this hall of Avatar statues, the, all their eyes open up and glow too, and it's kind of extra. Like, Ooh, okay, I don't know what the hell's going on there. And I guess other did it, the other nations feel those statues? Does that get explained? What that room was? <laughs> That's the, the Fire thing. Nation was like, hey, something's Be glowing. I mean, you don't. Ooh, you don't have to tell me what that what that was. I forgot. Okay, I just watched but... this last night. Okay, so what also happens when Aang enters the Avatar state? Not only do all the statues in the Hall of Avatars at the at the uh, Southern Air Temple where all the characters are at glow, but you suddenly do see uh, they jump around to all these other locations in the in in the other nations around the world where all these other people are like like monks and stuff like that, like in the Earth Nation and the Fire Nation stuff, like. They, yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't know if they all have the same statues, but something starts to glow inside their temples. And so suddenly, like, everyone else in the world suddenly knows that the Avatar is back, because I guess that's how you know the Avatar is around, was the first time they go into the Avatar, Avatar state. Like, whatever statues are connected to the Avatar suddenly start to glow. It's never, in ret yeah, actually, spoilers, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think that necessarily is really explained. Which is entirely possible. <laughs> like, you kind of fill in your own, like, what's going on there, but, like... Yeah, but suddenly now world, world gets out to, like, the wider world. It's not just Zuko who knows, but, like, other mm -hmm. normal people know now. that, Or at least, no, you're not everybody, but at least these other other monks throughout these other nations of the world are known that the Avatar is back. And a little bit of a thing about how fucking Zuko, or fucking Sokka, is trying to kill some, like, little lemur at the Air Temple, mm -hmm. but he doesn't get him, but the, 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 the lemur collects a whole bunch of fruit for Sokka, so they become friends. Yeah. And, and, uh... When? And uh, Aang adopts the lemur as a pet and calls him Momo. While all this is going on, this is laying track for Momo. stuff that's going on with uh, Sokka. Is 
Uh, he needs to take his ship in for repairs after it got nearly destroyed by Aang and the avalanche that he caused at the end of the last episode. He takes mm. it into a Fire Nation port. There's a... At the, There's a real dingus there, but yeah. I guess everybody in the dingus, so... The Fire Nation captain who runs that port is uh, fucking Captain Zhao, I think? He's voiced by Chris Isaacs. Is his name Chris Isaacs? He is wow. an actor... Yes, he is. Yeah, he does stuff. He's he's actually not so much a voice actor. He was on the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. He's been a oh, he played Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, fucking what's his name's dad? Draco Malfoy's dad. Mm. Um, that's probably the thing he's most popular known for. But like, yeah, I was always kind of surprised that he wound up like voicing a a fucking jackass on the, the this little kid show on Nickelodeon. This guy becomes a little more of a villain in the future. Like he he's a recurring character. Um, Admiral Zhao, but, like, for some reason, he's all, like, I guess Sokka's not trying, he, I guess Sokka doesn't want to tell anyone that he's found the Avatar, because he doesn't want anyone else trying to capture the Avatar, too, he wants to keep the Avatar to himself, so, but the Zhao guy's like, hmm, it seems like your ship has been damaged, could it have been the Avatar who, who may have come bum, back, bum, bum. and a boom, 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 and, like, he keeps just needling Sokka, and, like, he like, making fun of Sokka's burnt eye, and uh, how, like, Sokka's dad hates Sokka, or not Sokka. Yeah. You, find, you find out that he's Zuko. been yeah. he's disgraced and kicked out of the fire. Tribe. That's, yeah, you start getting more backstory about Zuko here. And so Zhao, uh, he, Zhao goads Zuko into engaging in what they call an Agnikai, which is just a duel between firebenders. And uh, Zuko actually ends up kicking Zhao's ass, but then Zhao, as Su Zuko's back is turned, tries to kill Zuko, but then Zuko's uncle interferes and kicks Zhao on his ass. Just just to highlight what a fucking un unhonorable dickhead Zhao is. And so that's 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 just yeah, th th that little bit of background about like Zuko being kicked out of the well, he's not kicked out of the Fire Nation, but he's definitely disgraced in the eyes of the Fire Nation is uh, more backstory for that dude, and yeah, eventually all the good guys fly away. It is nice that they gave him a whole boat with words and shit, though, when they kicked him out. With words? Warriors. Warriors. I, th I was hoping I misheard that. It was like a whole boat with words. It's like, is he like a poet? A whole boat with words. <laughs> oh, well, that's the thing, yeah. It's not, like, it's not like Zuko's been kicked out of the Fire Nation. It's just... He's in disgrace, but he's still, yeah, he's still like a commander within the Fire Nation. So at least he still has resources at his command. And yeah, it's what I guess it's just I they called him an exiled prince or something at some. Yeah, he is prince of the Fire Nation. Yeah, his dad. No, is... I, but a, an exiled prince. I thought they said that. Yeah, before. he kind of is. I think he's not allowed back home. Like he's still mm. part of the Fire Nation, but he's not allowed back, like in his father's castle or whatever, until he gets mm. the Fire Nation back. Or until he gets oh, okay. uh, the the Avatar back. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's exiled in a way that, like, he's not allowed home, but it's not like he's not allowed to, like... He still... He still has power within the Fire Nation. Um, yeah. Exactly why they need the Avatar. All this stuff will be explained later and stuff. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Again, it's a show for 12-year-olds, so, yeah. There's not, like, any crazy depths that you're missing out yet or anything like that. No, I figured a lot of questions would be answered at this point. And so, yeah, uh, the good guys fly away. And that's the end of that episode. And <laughs> A lot of the episodes so far, which is four... Seem to end with the good guys flying away. Uh, spoilers. Most of the episodes end with the good guys flying away. Because they're on a flying air bison. <laughs> Thank you. So almost every episode ends, yeah. begins and ends with them on a flying air bison saying, Hey, what are we going to do this week? <laughs> what, what, what island are we going to go to? Yeah, so there's a reason why 
there was a lot of fodder for that map that I drew. There's a lot of material where it's like, because they do travel around a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the fourth and last episode that we're talking about this week is Warriors of Kiyoshi Island. Um. Aang is all like, hey, well, I forgot. I, I think it was like in the second episode where they decide that they're going to fly up to the northern uh, water tribe. Aang is like, oh, man, we can go here. We can like we, we like we can surf on the, the giant koi here. We can go do that and do this. It's funny because here they're actually, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to this place called Kiyoshi Island. And that's where they have giant koi and it's really fun to surf on the backs of. And so that's exactly what they do. Um, while they're doing this, fucking, <laughs> oh, this is the episode that shows, maybe it's actually both episodes. Uh, I'm scanning through the episode on Netflix right now. Um, Zuko is back on a ship. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. He's praying to an altar with, with Aku from Samurai Jack on it. Uh, but Zuko is all like, I guess his uncle comes in is like, Hey, I got bad news, but I don't want to tell you cause you'll get upset. And he's like, no, no, you taught me a warrior would never get upset. I'm like, that is uh, yeah. contrary to the entire way he's been living yeah, his life. And of yeah. course he gets it upset. Never, What's the news? Never. Cause he does say that like somehow they've been, we tracking. haven't found the avatar yet or something. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's funny too. Because and he's like, what? And it's like, yeah, of course you dingus. <laughs> You knew that. Well, and they do the thing of where, like, they show that they've been tracking the Avatar, and they show a map of, like, the Avatar's movements, and, like, Zuko's like, obviously the Avatar is a master of of getting away. He's an uh, he's, he's, he's a master of... What's it called? Or yeah, of, of, like, yeah, of, of dodging our shit. And, of course, it does the joke where it fades to Aang holding the same map, and he's like, I have no idea where we're going. Like, yeah, go north. Yeah, which is funny because you think you just go north, but according to this map, both their maps, like, they've been zigzagging all over the southern hemisphere of this world, for, like, endlessly for mm -hmm. the last couple weeks, I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's a whole thing, like, this is <laughs> one of my favorite early moments of the cartoon where uh, Aang is trying to impress Katara. With like a little air trick where he's got like a little marble in his hand that he's spinning around in a circle. Uh, Katara is too busy repairing Sokka's pants to notice. And Sokka starts just blathering about how girls are better at knitting. Boys are better at hunting and stuff like that. And, and Katara's like, fuck you. You could fix your own goddamn pants if you're such a goddamn rocket scientist about shit. And so they end up on Kiyoshi Island, which, yeah, uh, so Sokka can... Or no, no, Aang wants to impress Katara by, like, surfing on the back of these giant koi fish. So he strips down to his little uh, airbender diaper. And that's, mm -hmm. like, the first, like, ten minutes of this cartoon is him just, like, swimming. But then he gets scared away a little bit because there's, I guess there's a giant unagi eel that uh, threatens to fuck him up. And that's when he comes running back in from the water and he does the silly kind of cartoon running on the water where his limbs get all... Man, I... Yeah. I thought for sure that eel was gonna fuck up the Fire Nation's boat, but they didn't I do that. I thought that we were watching that. I was waiting for that to happen. I was like, oh, I guess they didn't go that route because that's what I assumed would have happened. Again, I'm this is the first time I'm rewatching this stuff since it first aired or since it, since mm. it was new. So yeah, I'm misremembering. Like yeah, I'm kind of like expecting shit like that to happen too. Uh, this episode starts laying in things about like like Aang really trying to impress Katara. Because I guess you could continue with him. He might have a little crush on Katara or something like that. Because he keeps on mm -hmm. trying to impress her in this episode. And, and failing. And he gets all kind of like sad about it. Um, What happened next? Oh, they all get captured have... though. Oh, I was going to say. He does have a lot of eight-year-olds that are into him. Wait, what? 
And yes, they do get captured. All the little girls that are into oh, well, all the little girls are into it too. Yeah, they they do not get captured by eight year olds though, which that would have no. actually been pretty amazing. They get it. They get captured by the warriors of Kyoshi Island, which are a bunch Ooh. of ladies in kind of kabuki gear. Um, Sokka is especially upset about this because he like he's horrified to find out that all these all these warriors are women, and he's like, a woman. oh. Let me, yeah, he's all like, let me go. One, if, if you let me go, I will gladly beat all your asses because you're women. You can't fight. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Sokka being a butthole. Um, he a butthole. This is a little weird. So, so Zuko and his uncle are back on their boat. They somehow find out through a fish that <laughs> Aang is on Kyoshi Island. There's a little bit of a montage about how there's like a fisherman like fishing while while uh, Team Avatar are on Kyoshi Island, and I guess word very quickly gets out to like whoever g- gets this fish to to Zuko as they're co- cooking and eating the fish. That's a ship. long ways to take a fish, yeah, man. Yeah, that is seriously like, and so they know to go to Kyoshi Island, and so it just wore a little bit, I guess, in honor of uh, of Aang showing up on this island. I guess this is the first time you've seen normal people find out, not just monks. With like special avatar statues, but this is the first mm. time you see normal people like going, Oh my god, the avatars come back. And so they get very happy and they start kind of like fixing up things in the town. I guess Kyoshi Island was named after a former avatar. We saw a statue of this lady within the Southern Air Temple in the, uh, in the episode previous to this. And they've got a giant statue of Kyoshi herself, just big, this big wooden statue that they're fixing up. And yeah, actually, Kyoshi. You find out a little more about Kyoshi later. Kyoshi's fucking great. Um, mm. but so yeah, they're kind of fixing up the town, fixing up the statue. Uh, Aang's getting really high on his own farts because everyone in town loves him. They like bank a banquet. In his he own does bar. the marble trick, and the guy foams at the mouth. Oh, that's the thing. <laughs> that's why that's actually one of the most probably pervasive memes to come of out of, out of Avatar: The Last Airbender is. <laughs> The one guy, like, yeah, this is kind of showing how, no wonder Aang gets high on his so, his fart so quickly, because he finally get, finds someone to show the, the, the fucking marble trick to, and this guy literally foams at the mouth, screams, and falls over. It's fucking hilarious. But then they have this whole kind of, like, Beatles help montage, then, of all these girls chasing uh, Aang throughout the village, and there's a cute little scene where he poses to get his, his, his picture drawn by this guy. And as this guy, he's like drawing Aang's picture, and he puts the piece of paper down and looks back up. And there's more girls there than there were before. And it's obviously like one of the art directors on the show, because the character of this cartoon guy is obviously just like some old white mm. hippie guy, which I always thought was pretty cute. And while all this is going on, uh, Sokka is all like, he's, 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 he's antagonizing the leader of the Kyoshi Island Warriors, this uh, lady named Suki. And he's all like, oh, yeah, I would have totally kicked your asses if blah, blah, blah. And he's like, fuck you. And so he engages in a fight with those guys. And she, Suki whoops his ass. Almost it's almost like he wanted it's wanted to get stepped on. Yeah, maybe that's his kink. He's just like, oh, yeah, oh, this is going to be my good time. And mm-hmm. she literally, like, so they do a little bit of a fight. She, like, grabs a ribbon and ties it around his hand and foot. And he falls flat on his face. And he's like, how'd you know? <laughs> He gets back up, even though his hand is tied behind his back, he gets back up on his feet from his boner and acts like a tripod. It gets hard, uh-huh. and he suddenly gets right back up on his feet. It's the weirdest thing. Um, 
Uh, what the hell? Did that create such a specific image in my head. I'm <laughs> kind of ashamed of myself. But it is kind of nice because there's, I think there's a little bit more stuff like... Katara's getting fed up with Aang's bullshit because he's so high on his own farts that she's getting a little sulky about like him just being an idiot. and uh, Which is kind of funny because like this whole episode started with Aang trying to impress Katara. Now, if anything, he's kind of made Katara just kind of like disgusted by his bullshit. But... Yeah, he gets so high in his farts, he's going to go ride that giant thing that tried to eat him. Yeah, did they say, like, I don't know why he thinks that's going to impress her now. Like, like it's like, all he has to do is apologize and not be a dick. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the logic or the reasoning there was, but. Uh, but there's uh, one of the things that makes, this is one of the nice, nicer moments in the early part of uh, Avatar is Sokka sh shows up to apologize to Suki. And he says, hey, I would like you to train me because I would like, I'd like, and like, it's, it's kind of nice because even watching the show for the first time, I've, I was I could kind of see what they were going to do with Sokka, with him learning to be more chill about getting his ass beaten by a girl. And I do like the fact that there's no big thing. Like, he just gets his ass kicked once, and that's yeah. all it takes for him to be like, okay, it, that's all it takes for him to acknowledge that they're better than him, and to be mm -hmm. like, okay, can you train me? And, like, he apologizes. Like, it, there's no big, like, thing where, like, he keeps on fighting and struggling and, and like, I, I, I assume there's there was going to be an escalation. Watching this the first time, I assumed there was going to be an escalation of him trying to keep on fighting Suki and him and, and her having to constantly beat him or anything like that. No, it's just the one time, because the next time we see Sokka, he's dressed up in Kyoshi Island gear and he's trying to get trained. And he kind of fucks up a couple times. But then he does actually do, he does for a moment kind of beat Suki in hand-to-hand -hand combat as they're training. And he does yeah. get the like, ha-ha, you gotta admit, I actually did get you that time. And Sokka is actually finally chill for once. And I always kind of yeah. like that. So I don't know if that works for you, because I'm, I'm talking yeah, all the time and I'm not letting you talk. No, you're fine. But I, that, that's kind of the nice, yeah, the, 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 the chilling of, of, of Sokka. Is, is kind of nice. And the fact that, like, it really only took him getting his ass beat once to finally calm the fuck down and, like, admit that someone could be better than him. Especially a girl mm -hmm. was kind of nice. And the fact that he goes the full nine by, like, dressing like Kyoshi Warrior, and even though he was just kind of making fun of them earlier for being, like, in dresses and stuff, like, I, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And the most of the rest of the episode is kind of just filler with, like, yeah, Aang going to surf with the, like... Oh, he's going to try to surf on the Unagi. That's what he is. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's not just surfing on the Koi, but on the eel itself. And that just happens as the uh, Fire Nation attacks and they start setting fire to the village. Um, Sokka and Suki end up trying to fight... Uh, uh, God, what's the character? Uh, Prince Zuko and his Fire Nation troops, and they kind of get their asses handed to them. Um, what, Aang shows up? Yeah, Aang shows up and kind of hey, like... Hey, in this... In this, um, I don't know if this ever gets broached because yeah. it's not something that you'd think about in a kid's show. Uh, do they ever broach the fact that there's like, do waterbenders have to have water near them to do it, or can they absorb it from the air? Like, you would think they could because there's moisture in the air. Um, there's several epi episodes dedicated to piss bending. Ah. Oh. Horrifying. Uh, that's actually, that gets, that gets, you'll, you'll, you'll hear more more about Okay. It. There's some creative shit they do with waterbending. Because okay. I almost feel like, even like, because even though three seasons isn't a lot, 
but these are three seasons of like 22 episodes per season. After a while, you can kind of feel them kind of like, we gotta get more creative. Can't just be like, there's like, just always a lake nearby. Like, we gotta get more, yeah, so don't, yeah. Because if firebenders can just summon fire from nothing. That's the kind of cheating like thing about that, is like, yeah. Waterbenders definitely should be able to. There should be something about like, yeah, so yeah, you can stand there. I'm trying to, th I think in, even in Legend of Korra, there might be something where someone like escapes by taking a bead of sweat and turning into like an, a pin that they do... Like, I can't remember exactly how creative they get within this show, but at least even by Legend of Korra, they're getting, like, like crazy, like, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, don't worry. Like, they get pretty creative about working within the rules of the established for themselves. Okay. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess airbenders, I guess that's, like, inexhaustible, like, as long as people have air. You can think you could just rip the air out of people's lungs. you think, like, the airbenders would be, like, extra just, like, like, just choking people left and right all the time, but... I oh, guess rock a lot of you could get a lot of creative ways of murdering people if it wasn't a children's show. Yeah, I mean even the earthbenders, if you could like suck the minerals out of people's blood or something like that, you could do Earthbenders like... just make a hole under somebody and say, It was made for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is secretly what's his face's favorite cartoon, precisely <laughs> because of that. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah, don't worry. They 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 do some creative stuff with yeah, the uh bending <laughs> stuff later, but yeah, so, yeah, uh, Aang, God, what happens? I think they all just eventually, the good they, guys decide they, they say, need to They get tell the Aang dodge. that, um, uh, <clears throat> hey, if we leave, the Fire Nation will leave this village alone, so let's take off. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to run. Which is so funny, because they, they already leaving. did that with the Water Tribe, too, like, Man. yeah. Aang looks back and sees stuff on fire, so he's like, oh, man, my dick is so huge, watch what I'm gonna do, and he... <laughs> jumps in the water and pulls up that giant sea creature and it vomits all over the town and the town's like thanks for making it vomit on us thanks bye Aang. we love you it is, it is kind of funny too because when Aang's flying away before he puts everything out he kind of looks at the at, at the like the statue of kiyoshi is on fire and he's kind of mm -hmm. gets extra sad and it's a little bit like don't these people's homes are on fire the fact that the, the statue of your former self is on fire should be not like that important to you. It if only but like... somebody had some sort of wind power that could blow these fires out. Well, that's although you could argue that that could actually make things worse. You could just spread the fire yeah, around. Yeah. If anything, you think like fucking get fucking Katara to do some water bending because like there's snow and shit here too. You're like, man, can she do? Can you do snow bending? I can't remember. Well, if she that's froze. Ever she froze dressed. shit and whatnot. Did she? And oh, that's right. Because that's but, part yeah. of the how they got out of got a, got away from Zuko is that she used ice. That's right. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's the kind of that's how they kind of eke a little bit of a victory out of this is but yeah ang using the unagi eel to put out the fires at least um um man if 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 the fire nation just did more to threaten to like hurt people like because i know like if 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 they were like man even if you leave we're gonna kill these people like what would like would the avatar and the and his friends still leave like what the hell would they do but no zuko's just kind of left being all like literally wet and like rah, rah. As the mm -hmm. good guys fly away. Before the good guys fly away, though, there's a little moment of, like, Suki and Sokka say goodbye. Suke. What's that? Suke. Suke. What's that from? <laughs> True Blood. Is that, is that a thing? I've never seen True Blood. Who's uh, Suki yeah, the in name, True Blood? It's, uh, the, what's her name? The chick from the piano. Uh, oh, X-Men. Yeah, she plays, is, do, do people say she plays Suki? a character named Sluka? Is that uh, is that how they say it, Louisiana, where that show is set? 
Oh, one Something. of the characters does, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize you were true to uh, fucking... I'm not. Kelsey was. Oh, okay, that's what it is, but yeah. But yeah, you get a little nice little goodbye between Suki. It's one of the cornier lines in the early Avatar where she's like... Oh, he's... Sokka's like, oh, I want you to know I respect you even though you're a girl. And she says like, oh, I'm a warrior, but I'm a girl too. And it's a little mm. bit like <laughs> the line reading is just a little weird, and like it's her definitely being like, "I'm a girl too. My vaginal flaps are opening for you sometime if you want." And they say goodbye, and that's it. So, um, but yeah, that's 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 the Warriors of Kyoshi Island. I just wanted to get to that because, well, makes sense. The four episodes do lay in a little more track about like exactly where Aang from and like what Zuko's situation is, and is showing that Sokka is not a complete tool. <clears throat> Katara is still just Katara though. She's just like, I am earnest and blah blah blah. But yeah, so um, it's kind of funny to see Aang already kind of a dickhead just three episodes into the show, where he's all like, yeah, getting his dick sucked by a fucking eight-year-old and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first four episodes of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, yeah. Any questions or comments? About no, I'm interested. I'm kind of interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking to see. So, presumably, the next two episodes would be The King of Omashu and, and Imprisoned. Oh, this works out, too, because the next two episodes after that are a two-parter. Um, and... Oh, man, I'm watching the future now! Oh, shit, there's some shit that goes down on this first season. Oh, oh shit. Shit, 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 son. Um, but... Yeah, this will be an interesting experiment that hopefully yeah. we'll see through to the end. Yeah, and anyone listening to this, feel free to hit us up on the comments or questions. Try not to keep it too spoilery for the future, because like I said, Daniel's not seen. He did, he literally knows nothing about I the know show this point. I know Bubkiss. You know that there's Korra, and that's kind of it, so. Yeah. Um, I know that eventually some of these characters fucking have kids. With somebody, but who? I don't know. God, I guess they do. Maybe. I'm trying to think, <laughs> is there anyone really... Oh, yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! I forgot about that. I wasn't even thinking about future relationship shit. Oh, man. Okay, shut up, though. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of the bummer is, like, doing it now. They're like, yeah, all these characters' futures are kind of prescribed by Legend of Korra. But, yeah, whatever. That's not yeah, but I don't know enough about Legend of Korra. Yeah, like... exactly, yeah. Um, they do kind of make them the one the who's alive and who's not. By the time Legend of Korra, it kind of makes me sad because they made some choices, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense, but like, okay, I'll try, I'll try. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that Le- I mean, Legend of Korra is a show about the next Avatar, which means that Aang has to be dead. <laughs> the whole premise of the show is Aang I is guess, dead, dude. and someone took over that job from. So yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's. I don't know if we're ever gonna have. <laughs> I just realized. Do, do do we call this this half of the podcast? If it's Disney through the decades, is your half of the podcast? Oh man, we are gonna have to come up with some sort of creative, witty name. Avatarity to the party. <laughs> I just, that just occurred to me. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I love it because we still get to keep the Avatar-y. name. We just add like three extra letters to the start of it. Now it's just yeah. Avatar to the party. Oh, okay, yeah. So not yeah. Avatar to the party. <laughs> Avatarity. <laughs> I just, I mean, we just post, 
The, the episode art for every episode is just a picture of uh, Aang with, like, his eyes just kind of, like, slowly, like, missing chromosome <laughs> floating apart. But, oh, oh my God. So, yeah, that's 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 episode one of Avatar to the Party, I guess. Um, I guess so, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, next week we'll talk about, be talking about the King of Omashu and whatever is episode, Imprisoned, I think, is after that. So I mean, the Avatar-y. next episode will be Disney. Th- uh, speaking of which, do you know what we're covering yeah, next week? Yeah, I don't know, man, because... In- <clears throat> listing order is like the liberty story which probably isn't very good god it's probably, probably a bunch of white dudes sucking an old-timey white dude's dick that's gotta be an episode of, well actually let me see because i'm up on the website right now i can pull it up um i would assume which, that's gotta be a disneyland episode i had to assume so because it's something we haven't heard before and it's like got cartoon shit and then we're i putting a big x through old yeller we are not watching old yeller <laughs> That is the dog gets rabies and they have to shoot the dog, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I know the dog dies. And the trailer has the dog fighting an actual no fooling bear. Oh, God. And then it's just like, that's not staged. That is like they stick a gun to a dog. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, man, this is... So so then it's basically either the sign of Zorro, third man on the mountain, or the shaggy dog. (laughs) Woof-a-doof-a. I mean, what is... Like I said, unless we just start skipping like straight to Sleeping Beauty, man, it is. I mean, it's totally up to you. What do you want to do? Like, uh, yeah, you're captain on that ship because I'm gonna try to see what these three garbage. I think I saw the Shaggy Dog when I was little because it was like playing in the afternoons because yeah. you know it costs 15 cents to buy from Disney to show on your network. But I mean, you could make an argument for the Shaggy Dog and that like that'll be our first taste of bad live action Disney. Where that's like well, I also mean, you have to watch that one to set up the sequel, the Shaggy Da. <laughs> Is that the only one? Because I thought there were like fifteen sequels. Oh, I don't know. I'm but sure like, there's a bunch of them. The Shaggy Dog, like, if we do, I don't want to do the Shaggy Dog, but if we <laughs> do the Shaggy Dog, <laughs> yeah, that would be our get out of jail coupon for any other live action Disney thing from the. And considering the 1960s for Disney is pretty much nothing but awful live action movies. At least we could always say, no matter what we des- declined to do in the 1960s, we could always say say we did do the Shaggy Dog. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's totally. I don't know what the what the hell is Third Man on the Mountain. That's that's two hours long. Yeah, I've somebody never climbing even heard a mountain. It's I don't live know. action, and the picture is of like some fucking Aryan youth sitting on top of like some kind of Swiss Swiss mountain. Jesus H Christ. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's up to you, man. That's that's your... I get, It's funny that with the Disney for the Decade stuff, you get to pick and choose, whereas, like, the Avatar stuff, that'd be funny if I were suddenly like, oh, we're gonna skip these episodes. But we'll this do episode is terrible, I'll tell yeah. you why. Yeah, the Liberty Story, that's only 48 minutes long, so that is definitely just an episode of the Disneyland TV show, presumably yeah. about the, like... And the it's Lost probably half of it is cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's the thing, I'm sure then there's probably, like... You know what? I'm sure they probably put the fucking uh, Ichabod Crane in there just because it's not not that it has anything to do with like American That's... history, quote unquote, but like just because it's of that era. Yeah. So a segment from Johnny Termaine depicting the Boston Tea Party and the Battle of Concord is followed by Ben and Me. The what hell, the is, hell is, is Ben and Me the bear? I thought Ben. W- yeah. Is are do they give the does Ben have a musket? <laughs> is he shooting at the redcoats? Like what's happening here? Oh God, yeah. So yeah, you get to choose. I like I said, yeah. I have. When it comes to this, uh, uh, yeah, because really the only thing I know that we'll do in the future for sure that's left in the 1950s tier 
of the Disney Through the Decades, which, again, as we always point out, uh, the Disney Through the Decades collection is not available directly through the uh, um, Disney Plus app, but if you go to tardyoftheparty.com, off to the sidebar, we do have a, uh, a web page link to that collection, so you can still see we'll, uh, what's going on. But yeah, so Sleeping yeah, Beauty now I'll, is the only I'll try movie. To get, I'll try to get through those three, and if I can't, we'll just skip the Sleeping Beauty. I mean that's the, I mean that yeah, but yeah, not that you should feel obligated to watch all three of those things in their entirety. But yeah, oh, skip I wouldn't watch the see- whole thing if it sucks balls. I'll be like, bail <laughs> out. Yeah, I get a feeling next week. Yeah, we're going to be hearing a lot about how you watched five minutes of this and five minutes of that, and you nope the fuck out of almost everything, so. Could be. The funny thing is, it's not like I'm really chomping at the bit to talk about Sleeping Beauty either, because that's boring as shit. It's super beautiful, no, but it's, it's not good. like... It's fine. Maleficent is it's hot. Good. Aurora <laughs> is hot. It's weird, because Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty are just kind of the same, same character design, but just like... One's green and one has horns, but... Mm. Uh, no, Sleeping Beauty... I don't want to talk too much, but it is really pretty, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like that you didn't even mention True Life Adventures Jungle Cat. Oh, no. Man, the I like jungle... that the logo's all 80s as shit, it though. It is 80s. I'm assuming... No, because it's from the 1950s tier. I was going to say, like, so, unless they repackaged... Unless that was some kind of part of some kind of, like, nature documentary series from the 80s. They repackaged an episode of the Disneyland TV show to be about Jungle Cat. But yeah, there's also, we didn't even mention Journey to the Center of the Earth, which, I, is that even actually a Disney thing, or is that something they bought from, they bought from Fox? Not that it matters, I don't think we'll probably talk about it anyway, but, but yeah, you make that, that's totally your call, whatever you want to do next yeah. week. But yeah, come back two weeks from now, we'll talk about The King of Amashu and Imprisoned. All that stuff is available on Netflix, at least in the States, I'm assuming also in other territories. Um, I'm assuming if Netflix is doing a live-action re- reimagining of Avatar, they probably own... If not own the rights to Avatar, they probably have Avatar available on its service, wherever its service is, so... Yeah. They told everybody, don't watch it! We're gonna... All their employees, they said, don't watch it, we're just gonna make our own thing. <laughs> don't watch the original cartoon? Don't be influenced by the good version. We're gonna do a better! It's all gonna be white people pretending to be brown people and Asian mm-hmm. people and... Yeah, Jesus Christ. Is there... I can't believe they were talking about... So, M. Night Shyamalan just came out with a new movie called Old, which takes place on, like, some beach. Oh, is that the, is that the beach that makes you old? Yeah, the beach that makes you old. <laughs> and I saw the trivia for that was, like, this is the first movie that, like, M. Night Shyamalan didn't film in Philadelphia. And I was like, oh, that's right. They, they, even though Avatar The Last Airbender takes place in all these different, like, locales supposedly around well not around our world but like this fictional world they still managed to film that whole movie in philadelphia despite the despite the fact that it's supposed to take place like in the arctic and all this other stuff i'm like no wonder that movie is terrible jesus christ anyway that's neither here or there but oh, yeah anyway. here nor there so anyway it will be back um yeah, I got nothing else. He's motored on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Tardypodcast.com. Around. Uh, maybe no Avatar fans. Uh, get it out there, cause you know we'd we'll we'd like some feedback on how people feel about Avatar. I guess. Yeah. Hit us back. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just gonna be me and B- me and Bill just part from today about Avatar. Um. Which is which... fine because you're very excited about it. Yeah, I could talk at length about fucking. Avatar. Even though you've only seen it once. Which I kind of like the fact that I have not like I've not seen all these episodes a million times. 
Which, I mean, that mm. kind of speaks to what kind of impact the show had on me the first time, yeah. that, like, I, I was fine with it just living living with it. Also, I should also point out, too, uh, Catherine F. King on Twitter, uh, I shouldn't, because, yeah, she, she's, I, I, when people give us feedback, we should talk about it. Uh, she yeah. asks, first question, is it alright if I occasionally chime in with insights or particularly nice ideas from other people's fan fictions? I promise Fancy. I will only select the best. I guess so. I'll leave I it guess up. To, so. I'll we'll leave it up to her to decide like what's the best things from, from I I I am not brave enough to delve into Avatar fanfiction sites. I know so there's a lot of more power to you. <laughs> my abiding memory of the online Avatar fanfic fandom around this time was there was a huge shipping. Like my first experience with shipping was with the Avatar no. shippers. Which man, they people had ideas about who should have, who needed to end up with who by the. Which I think that's part of the reason why people got got angry with uh, Legend of Korra, because the Legend of Korra really did establish like these person, these people lived, these people died, these people ended up with these other people, and so mm. there was a lot of breaking of the ships that these people oh, were so yeah. like so hardcore for. Um, Catherine F. King also notes that Tenzin Gyatso is also the birth name of the Dalai Lama. Uh, and so that's cool, and, uh, yeah, so thank you, Catherine F. King, for that note, that, yeah, uh, that, the fact that's, uh, the spoilers, but, yeah, so, yeah, I do love the fact that, like, Aang's buddy at the Air Temple, uh, is tied to our Dalai Lama and our real which I'm kind of surprised. I looked it up last night and he's still alive. I keep on thinking that our current Dalai Lama, who's like born in 1885, is, is dead. still <laughs> yeah. kicking. But yeah, no, we're trying to wrap this up. I should go. Okay, the end. You're fine. The end. Okay. Adios. See you Kaboom. next time. Bye. <laughs> Just like the character is going to fly off on an air bison to our next adventure. Goodbye. Yay. Whoosh. Whoosh.